listeners, Nola Tran here. Welcome back to another episode of Almost. As we've been recharging and reevaluating our lives this past month, there's been a lot of reflection about work-life balance. I don't know about you, Hoon Jim, but many of the people around me are kind of in a state of flux right now in their careers and honestly just finding a new normal. I know that I am. <laughs> Sounds about right, Nola Tran. We're in our mid-20s, where most of us are starting our careers and just trying to figure stuff out. I also think the pandemic has many of us rethinking the way we work and center work in our lives and how that may be changing. For those of us who draw purpose from our careers, like you and I, work typically blends a little more into our personal lives than usual. However, looking back in the past three months of me, I've done a lot of reevaluating a lot of what I value in personal life and work. I resonate with that. As someone who's worked in healthcare throughout the entirety of the pandemic, my worth slowly became tied to my work without me realizing it. It was like I suddenly woke up one day and Nola Tran was synonymous with the work that I do. And although I'm aspiring to move on, aspiring to move on from my position eventually, I think that recognizing that has me making up for a lot of time that I feel like will be lost when I'm no longer there. And so with the exodus in healthcare and picking up so many extra hours, I found myself actually burnt out for the first time in a really long time. And in the process of trying to help others, I've really hurt myself. And I don't know if you feel the same way. That's a mood. I've been pretty burnt out myself. And what really stands out to me is you mentioned the process of helping. One day during a one-on-one with one with my office director, she kept telling me I need to sit down and not be so helpful. Like she literally was just like, no, like, why are you doing this? Like, I've never seen you do this. And I was like, what do you mean? Like, what do you mean? Like, I can't be helpful. Like, she's like, no, it's just like, you tend to go, you like do this thing where you go about it with your whole self and not just like, let me do it for you. And I was like, well, if I'm sitting here and I can help, why wouldn't I not help? And she was just like, well, it's not your job. I can do it for you. And, you know, I have a few other coworkers who also have been like, oh, you need to stop being so helpful. And I was like, what do you mean stop being so helpful? Do you not? Like, hasn't society taught you that you should be helpful? Hasn't like people saying being helpful is useful? And so for me, it was just like, okay, this feeling of burnt out, is it just me being helpful all the time? But then the want and the need to be helpful, the want and the need to serve is actually what's really pushing me to like not get enough sleep, to not take care of myself the way I need to take care of myself. And so for this episode, we're really diving into that idea of when helping is actually hurting and what is being helpful and how can you be helpful in a healthy way? Yeah. And so according to Merriam-Webster, to help the verb means to do something that makes it easier for someone to do a job, deal with a problem, or honestly anything along those lines. But as you can notice, the first definition dealt with making it easier for someone to do a job. And I think at this age with us tying so much of our worth to our jobs and to our careers and that really defining us, we take this trait of being helpful and we make it synonymous with this verb when in reality, that shouldn't really be the case. And although I'm saying this right now, if I'm being honest, 
I think it's something that I haven't quite internalized yet because a lot of times, for example, in my career, we take a lot of call and we are a very busy hospital. Um, this morning alone, I was at the hospital at 3 a.m. and it does affect my personal life. Um, it like kind of ruins my appointments sometimes. I just don't have the energy to get up when I'm on call. But even though I know that, in this attempt to be helpful, I end up picking up so much call on nights that I'm not in class, on nights that I'm not volunteering. Basically, any free night gets dedicated to that because in my mind, I'm thinking, oh, my coworkers all have children. My coworkers all have wives outside of work. So the nice thing to do, the right thing for me to do is to help them by picking up more call. When in reality, I need that time to myself too. And it's so hard for me to admit that out loud almost because I think it's been ingrained in us. Um, I think especially for us coming from our like mm -hmm. family situations and our cultures that if there is something you can do, then like you do it. I know that for my Absolutely. family, we are like acts of service people. Yeah, no, I completely get that. I think, you know, like you said earlier, helpfulness as a trait, right? Like society really does kind of shape that, like the idea of what helpful looks like in a very not productive way because we live in a capitalistic society that's very much like work is like everything to you, right? I can't express how much being helpful has been ingrained in me as a kid. I spent the last 25 years um, being told that being helpful should be a huge point of your personality that it's what's going to get you far and work and that's what's going to get you to where you need to go to survive and so for me like being helpful like you said earlier as a cultural aspect is something that's very ingrained within me as well and most of the time I've never questioned it I was like if I you know could get up and help and do something I should because if I just sat around, I would be seen as lazy. If I just sat around, it was just seen as not useful. And that wasn't very like conducive in a good environment at home for me. And so I've taken that and really like implemented it into my work. And I completely understand, right? At any waking moment, if I'm not doing something for someone else in a sense where I've made plans already, I'm typically working. I'm working, I'm thinking about work. My friends at work have a joke, like there's only three things on my mind, NOLA, TRAN, work, and like whatever else that's going on that's major in my life right now. And they're not wrong. And I'm just like, ah, that that is it, that is life. <laughs> um, and I try so hard to say like, hey, like I'm burnt out, but I need to really go down to the source of why am I burnt out? Why is there this need for me to always volunteer to do things, volunteer my own time, my own, whatever it is and sacrifice that and invalidate my own worth for like what I need to do and so when I look back at where am I actually being helpful I've noticed that over time even though yes I'm volunteering for these things yes I'm going in to serve I'm you know maybe doing a committee thing taking on another project I get zapped out of my energy so much that everything I do becomes half energy like I'm not putting my whole self out there I'm only putting whatever I can and it doesn't look good 
it's like quality over quantity almost. It's like, I'm putting too much quantity and choosing what I'm serving a million things that I'm not actually helping at all. The quality of the work that I'm putting out there to help others to serve is not where it needs to be. It just becomes very self-damaging. It becomes very tiring. I've dropped the ball on so many projects that I feel like a failure. And I've expressed this a lot to like a lot of my mentors and those that I look up to at work and some of my close friends. And they're like, but you're not. But I'm like, that's how I feel though. And I don't understand like where it comes from until one day someone at work just goes, you know, I was sitting in a one-on-one with one of my like supervisors and she was like, you can't go above and beyond all the time. You can't always be helpful all the time. Sometimes you only need to do what your role states and be as helpful as you can. And did you give the student the care and support they need? But that's not out of like whatever else happens. You can't keep jumping in and trying to put out fires when it's out of your control. Because at the end of the day, you're harming yourself and you're harming others along the way. Because when you're not taking care of yourself, you can't be that good support for other people. It's like that metaphor of like, you have to put on your freaking, um, when you're on a plane, you have to put on your, yeah, the oxygen (laughs) mask thing on yourself before you put it on the child or whoever needs assistance. I'm only as good as I can be if I take care of myself as well. And so the question is like, when does crossing the line through being too helpful becomes somewhere that you see that you are unable to support yourself? Yeah, so I think for me, there's no definite line. Unfortunately, it's only until after I've crossed that line that I really realize that I've been too helpful kind of diving back into a topic that like we briefly just discussed I think for Mm -hmm. me a lot of this comes from seeing my parents sacrifice so much anyone that knows me knows like how close I am to my parents and I've grown up in this environment where I've almost like idolized them but one of the best traits about my parents is that in my eyes, they're the most helpful people I've ever seen. When it comes to our family, when it comes to work, when it comes to like my mom's customers, we do anything and everything we can and go out of our way in order to make everyone else's lives easier if we have the capability. And in a way, growing up and seeing how my parents went from like rags to like riches, not even riches, just like middle-class America, but from literally nothing through all these sacrifices and still being able to give so much of themselves as adults now, I think I've really internalized that in setting my foundation of how I want to be perceived in society and like how I want to come off and who I want to be. Because in a way I see them and I see people who have nothing and are still able to give. So why can't I? But at the same time, I think that boundary gets crossed when I really look at it all and have to recognize that my parents are people and like actual humans too, not just like this like unrealistic image that I've painted because I think all of us in a sense do have a sense of like idolization for our parents and they almost don't seem human but when my parents were my age 
I'm sure they went through these sacrifices and they had to learn how to create their own boundaries too. And maybe their threshold is a lot higher than mine. And that's just something that I have to learn as time goes on too. But it's coming to that realization and like telling myself, I don't have to meet Mm -hmm. those standards in every single aspect of my life, just because that's what I've grown up and seen. Because like I said, the people I'm modeling myself after are decades older than me and have had that life experience to say no and to learn. And it's giving myself that grace to know, hey, like you're stepping over your own boundaries and maybe one day that will change, but today's not that day and that's okay. Yeah, no, absolutely. I. I agree with that. Definitely coming from the same kind of like concept of an immigrant family and watching my own parents and siblings struggle. There is this innate expectation to be just as helpful, to hustle just as hard, to do all these things. And learning how to say no to that at times to take care of yourself is so hard. The concept of just taking care of yourself is just not a thing we have. Like, no. it's not something we're, it's not something we're taught. Like, it, it's so difficult because growing up in such a collective mindset, such a um, mindset to survive, you're always sharing, you're always caring, and you're always helpful. That's how we support each other. That's how we grow and survive and whatnot. But at a certain extent, who are we doing this for? And why, and to what extent is it too much? Crossing the line and being too helpful is also, since that concept is so embedded in who I am and like my own job working in education and working with students, it's come to like me asking myself, like, what do I prioritize and what are my own expectations? I think something that really hit home for me this past week when I had um, my one-on-one with one of my supervisors, Courtney, she really was like, you sh- were too hard on yourself. Your expectations are really high and be more patient with yourself. Some grace, be more um, gentle with yourself. And I'm like, this is not a concept that comes easily for many of us. And Courtney understands that too. Like she comes from an immigrant family. And so like, especially as women of color, like speaking in context, everyone I've spoken of are women of color and like we're both women of color. Like we don't navigate the world gently because the world is not gentle to us. But what ends up happening is we just become overwhelmed. And if we don't take care of ourselves, the world will eat us whole. Like it will just like gobble us up and we become burnt out and there's no joy. I think what really hurt me this week was recognizing like, like, Nola, I was going through it a couple of weeks ago and you sent me a text of somewhere along the lines of like, work has really taken the fight out of you. And if anyone who knows me knows that I'm ready to fight like 3000% <laughs> of the time, like at any moment, I am ready to fight. And when she sent me that text, I was really upset. Like, I didn't talk to her all day. <laughs> That's a day. big deal in our <laughs> world. <laughs> it is a huge deal in our world. I sent her good morning. I didn't say anything the rest of the day because it hurt to hear that because I know it's true and it hurt to hear even more this past Wednesday when Courtney was telling me like 
you know, it seems like you have no joys. Like your work should bring you joy. And not big joy all the time, at least little joys every day. Like not every single day of work is gonna be a good day. Not every single week of work is gonna be a good week, but it seems like I've been in this state of like sadness for so long and I'm very burnt out. And that's something that I need to recognize. But even though I recognize this, I wasn't giving myself time to heal or I wasn't being gentle with myself. Like I'm out here telling students that they need to be gentle with themselves, that they need to give themselves patience that they need to be patient, not just with others, but especially with themselves. But I'm not giving that to myself. And so what does that look like? Like for me, what does being gentle and being kind to myself look like? Because I don't want to not have that sense of like not ready to fight or anything. And so what is it that I need to unlearn in terms of helping and work, work life? How am I recentering myself? And what are boundaries? Because boundaries are the highest form of loving ourselves that we have, mm-hmm. right? Setting those personal boundaries. I don't know about you, Nola Tran, but I was never taught how to do any of this. Like, what the heck is centering yourself? What the heck are boundaries? What is no? You were taught to just go out there, do the things you need to do, and help. Oh, I definitely agree. And I think coming from, like, a healthcare perspective, too, and especially healthcare in the middle of a pandemic, I don't have the quote unquote luxury of sitting down with someone every week and talking to them about my performance or having them hold me accountable because for us, we've been in survival mode for the past year and a half. Um, With all these struggles that I face, I think that my outlets are through my friends and family and I'm so lucky to have that kind of support system. But in like facing these struggles and like actually feeling alone in my work because it's just you get there, you do the job and you make sure that your patients survive and your patients get out of there. It makes it even harder to set those boundaries because there's no one telling you if you're doing something right or wrong Mm -hmm. in your work as long as you're like performing the exams. And so it's hard for me to say Um, when it comes to that but for me I am taking a step back from work and I'm working less hours and I'm less eager I guess to take up extra call if I don't Mm -hmm. need to Um, but I will say I think that in my field in burning myself out so much and like trying so hard to be helpful I as a person on the outside may seem very like not quite harsh, but I just have like a tough exterior, but I'm very mushy on the inside. And anyone that knows me really knows that. And in going into healthcare, the way that like I help my patients is that I become really attached really quickly. Like I am not like this in real life, but within hospital walls, I will cry with patients. I will give them hugs. Like I am not a hugger, but I will do it for my patients and all these things. But in that process, I feel like, yes, I have been getting hurt as time goes on because then when I get those like mean patients, it hurts even more in that moment because it's this reminder of like, no matter how much of yourself you give, it's not ever quite enough. And for me, I think unlearning that is telling myself 
one patient does not define who you are as like a healthcare provider. One patient, even if it's like multiple patients in one week, it's reminding myself of like all those good interactions, but at the same time, like slowly learning to put those boundaries in place when it comes to work of being a good provider does not necessarily mean that I have to like sit there and like cry with every patient. It means that I can empathize with them, but I can go home and use what energy that I do have left to continue to build relationships with like my friends and family that are there with me. And that in a sense need me more than what my job can ever provide. And so yeah, I don't know. You ask a lot of good questions and I'm still exploring those. And in a way, I think because I have to explore it quote unquote by myself when it comes to my work, it's going to take a lot of time, but it's something that I think is worthwhile to explore and it's worth all the time that's going to go into it. Even having this discussion alone is like a start. Yeah, no. I thank you for sharing all that because I feel like, like you said, it's going to take time. When you talk about boundaries, when you talk about all these things about unlearning certain things that you've learned and redefining certain aspects of your life. In a healthy world, you will do that in a cycle repeatedly throughout time. And I know that sucks because you also recognize that you're going to probably repeat these emotions that you have currently <laughs> later down the line again. And that's okay. I think something that's so fantastic is I talk to my students all the time about what exactly we're talking about, right? Setting personal boundaries, unlearning, healing, being more patient with ourselves and revisiting our boundaries is so important. My boundaries with Nola Chan has changed drastically throughout the years and it mm -hmm. continues to change. And my boundaries with work is also doing that at this moment. Um, it depends on who, what, and when you're approaching things when it comes to setting boundaries. What does that look like? And boundaries could be as small as not having students, not answering text messages for work after 8 p.m. or on the weekends. But it's really the hard work comes into renegotiating those boundaries if things change or reinforcing those boundaries for people who break them. And so it's that clear and constant communication of this not only to others, but to yourself, right? If you're setting something for yourself, asking yourself, have I been keeping up with this? Yes or no? You know, why not? What's going to help me get there? You know, something's going on in my life right now and I need to start communicating with someone and Nola's keeping me accountable by charging me $5 on Venmo every day that I don't talk to this person. <laughs> Is it aggressive accountability? Absolutely. Is it, you know, something that we think you should try? Probably not, but it works for where we're at right now. In case anyone is wondering, this money is going to go back into Hoom's Future Children's College Fund, so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> but I think even situations like this, though, is just a reminder for us. And for anyone listening that is like in their early 20s, a lot of like redefining these boundaries and a lot of this learning doesn't necessarily have to be alone. Um, Although I shared with my experiences, a lot of times I do feel alone. I think a lot of like my exponential growth comes from like saying it out loud to others so that they can 
help guide me as well. At the end of the day, in defining these boundaries and in setting like what is okay and not okay for you and how much you want to help the world, that's an internal thing, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have like external factors motivating you along the way. What do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I, you know who you are the most. And when it comes to certain topics, you know, if external motivation versus internal motivation is going to help you get where you need to reach, whether it's change, where it's setting boundaries, whatever it is, reflecting on it yourself, being able to think about it and what you want. And that's centering yourself, right? That's asking, Mm -hmm. what do I want? Which is hard for a lot of people because we're not used to asking that. It's okay. Just take that time. Ask yourself, what is it that I actually want? And it's okay to try something and recognize it doesn't work and try something new. People just think, hey, I'm going to do this once and it's going to be it or if it's not going to work ever again. No, there's always going to be another way to do it. And something that is so important when it comes to setting boundaries that I want to mention is that some boundaries are hard boundaries. Some people have very hard boundaries and it's learning how to communicate that with other people. Like I have one hard boundary. Well, I probably have many, but the one that I can think <laughs> of right at the top of my head is that people who enter my apartment have to take off their shoes. I know it's a very small thing, but it's a big thing for me personally. It's a very cultural thing. I'm sorry. It just keeps the floor cleaner. Actually, I'm not sorry. It's my boundary. It's my apartment. You're going to take off your shoes. That's a boundary. Students know not to text me over the weekend. And if they do text me over the weekend, I'm not going to respond until Monday. That's a boundary. And I have revisited this time and time again it's possible. And hopefully I'm going to be revisiting it soon because I need to find some sense of balance, whatever balance is. There's never a perfect sense of balance, but I know that I need to find some sense of joy in what I do and a sense of purpose in what I do. And like I tweeted earlier in the week, I'm trying to pull myself out of the trenches of sadness. Very dramatic. I know, but we're kind of there, you know? (laughs) And we recognize that we're not going to be in this space forever. At the end of the day, while we're still learning to set our own boundaries and find our personal balance, we recognize that the trait of being helpful is ingrained into who we are. We don't intend to change that in the process of finding all these boundaries. And moving forward in a way that helps us help ourselves in the here and now, we're going to contribute to the changes that we want to see in the long run. And that's growth. And we're excited for it. Yeah, there really is only so much we can control in our day-to-day lives. So focusing on the things we can control, like our personal boundaries and intentionally spending time on what brings us joy is necessary. With that being said, we just hope you test set some time out this month, like a little bit of time out this month to ask yourself, what are some boundaries I have? Why are they important to me? How have they changed over time? And how are you communicating this to those who need to hear this, including yourself? Thank you for listening and being an important part in creating a space for us to grow without judgment, even if you can't talk back to us. (laughs) Bye!